probably a very obvious story from what I, I tell everyone every Sunday, I feel like. Um, so here's, here's what it says. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks will be open. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for food, will give him a stone? Or if your son asks for a fish, give him a serpent? If you then who are evil, <laughs> thank you. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? And I, we have this routine in the Evers house. I've told probably almost all of you, I'm sure this. Our, we wake our kids up every week, like for school or for whatever else. We have to like wake them up, which is fine. They're usually fine to wake up. We all wake up pretty early at the Evers house, and so they're in routine of it. Usually goes fine. Sometimes they're grumpy in the morning, but no more than us. Like it's fine. But on the weekends... On the weekends, we never have to wake them up, ever. They always, before, I don't think there's been a weekend where they have slept till after 6.15 in their life. They are ready to do things. And they just know. They don't even know what day it is. They'll ask, is it, is it a Thursday? I'm like, man, no. You know Thursday was two days ago. I don't say it like that, but I want to. At 5.50, I want to be like, what are you talking about? It is still Saturday or it's still Sunday. Like, it's Sunday, man. We don't get up this early. But every time we're woken up with one child, one of them, they, it's like they're on a team to where they know which one of us is going to get the best answer. I get like a whisper that's this close to my ear. So it's like a loud, super loud whisper because we've really done work being like, look, before the lights are on, we don't have to use our Evers voice. We can use like an, a sweet inside voice, like maybe like mama would use and like, okay. And so they whisper this close to my face do you want to play trains with me? Or do you want me to read you a book right now? Or like, look at my dinosaur or whatever it is. It is time to do something. At, I'm serious. There has been pre five o'clock that loud whispers on Sunday. Like it is serious. And they are really ready. And they just ask. They're like, do you want to play with me? And that's just the hardest one. Because no is the answer, right? <laughs> It's no. I don't want to. I don't. I want to sleep right where I am. I want, I want to go back in time 10 minutes, reclose my eyes, and lock my door or something. Like, I want it to not, I don't want that, you know? But I say, but that's not really true all the way. The truth is, I say it every time. This is really the answer. I'm like, of course I do. <laughs> but right now, <laughs> not more than that, but almost. I need to sleep. Right now, I'm sleeping. Please, let me sleep. And I'm like, okay. I'll ask you again in a minute. And I'm like, I know. I'm fully aware. You're not going to fall back asleep. I'm positive you will not. I know. From experience, you will not. You will ask again. And so we do that. That is the routine. And as many times as I can like, think I'm an okay dad and say, no, not right now, 
and then we get up and we do stuff, right? So this morning, I just went and slept on the couch at, I don't even know, I didn't even look because I didn't want to be ashamed of like the time. I went and slept on the couch. They came in and climbed on me until I woke up and it was fine. It was fine. But the beautiful part about it that I do still like very much, and if the day comes when they don't, I'll be heartbroken, is they just ask. They just ask. It's dark outside. They'll laugh about that. I know it is, Tobin says, I know it is still dark. <laughs> Let's play right now. And I'm like, God, no, you just, you know it's still dark. But, but the beauty is they just ask. They ask. Right? They know I'm not going to be like, yeah, let's go. Let them walk out first and lock the door. They know I'm not going to do that, right? That'd be evil. That would be a monster to do that. They know I'm not going to say, yeah, I'll read you a book and just throw it out the door and make them go get it, right? They, they know that. They know I'm probably going to say in a minute or like, Lily, please help me or something. But they know too, there will be a time to play. There'll be a time to read 3,700 books or whatever else it is. They know that. And so they just ask. They ask, right? It's, it's funny though, to me, I still, and I don't know if the world has done this or like whatever else. Right now, the world is still good enough that they can just ask us. They ask. They want candy for breakfast. They ask for candy for breakfast. They ask for real. Can I have a, can I have a candy? And I'm like, man, you, know, you don't ever get candy. No, no, not for breakfast. Or sometimes, if Lily's not home, it's like, let's all eat candy for breakfast right now, right? <laughs> just depending. Depends. But they ask. They ask. And and I wonder why we, let me put this down, I wonder why we, as God's children, are, are very afraid to ask still. Or we ask with like this doubt. Like we think, really, the answer's going to be, yeah, okay, let's go do that, and then the door's going to be slammed and we'll be alone. Which is, which is, again, if I did that, y'all should all go somewhere else, right? Like we should, we should not, y'all, someone should scold me right away. That's terrible. But we fear God is going to do that. So we've, we've somehow along the way stopped asking for the kingdom somewhere. We've stopped asking for small things, great things. We just kind of let them happen to us. And then we say thank you in the midst of them, which is good. It's great to say thank you. It's wonderful to be thankful. But for whatever reason, we've, we've ceased to ask. I just want to talk, to, again, very briefly Two fathers and to us as a church, I'm glad Mark said that because I, I have been praying the same. I, it's hard to vocalize like, no, we should all be fathering people around us, all of us, regardless of our age, if we're male or female, if we have families, you know, that were wonderful in our past, if we are growing a family now, if we work around a lot of people or not. No, we should all be attempting to father each other in this way. It's not demeaning fathering, like, I know more than you, let me father you into sin. No, not that. But just to be able to do that for each other, we should be doing. And so I just want us to talk about a few things. And the obvious one that, that I think we need to discuss is this example he gives. He says, or which of you, if your son asks for bread, give him a stone, right? It's an easy picture for us. A little kid is hungry. They come up, say, can I have a piece of bread? And you say, no, but you can have a chunk of granite, right? That's obviously weird and awful and obviously bad and obviously, what? Of course not, right? We all would say, of course not. And then it says, or which of you, when asked for a fish, give a serpent? So we have a step up, right? The first one, you just can't eat bread. 
or you, you can't, uh, can't eat rocks, right? So if your father asks you for bread, you give him a stone, you're just not giving anything that was asked for. You're not giving, the help was, the need was hunger, right? And you gave a stone, it does nothing for that. Nothing. It's just sad. It's confusing for a child if that happened. That's weird. It's just a bad story. But then the step up is, if your kid asks you for a fish to eat and you give them a serpent, what's the difference there? What does that relay? And, And answer, please. Like, what's that relay if someone... If, if this is the story, if your son asks for a fish, you give him a serpent. What's the difference between the rock and bread? Right. Ask for something because they're hungry or because they want something, and you gave them danger. Right? What else? That's the main difference, but what else? If you did that to a kid, what would that do to them? Besides get them possibly bit by a serpent. What does it do? It makes them afraid. Gives fear, right? What else? Did someone say it over here? Right, it breaks trust. Right, if someone close to you, someone intimate with you as a father, as a parent, as someone trying to care for you and provide for you, you ask them for something you need or want or is good, right? And they give you something dangerous and frightening, it breaks the trust there. And that's going to create a bad problem. If, if one of us were to do that to our child, they're probably not going to ask for a fish again, right? Probably going to stop that right away, you know? I mean, we all have memories, or we all may, maybe your parents were wonderful every time. We all have memories of our parents, you ask for something, you probably asked for it like 730 times, and they just finally are like, no, but you can have, you know, blank, you know, like, no, you can't have candy. Here's flax bread that you don't like to eat or, you know, whatever else, right? We know that, but this is different. This is different. This is, this is first of all, saying, no, I'm not going to give you what you want. I'll give you something worthless to your need. And then saying, no, I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you something dangerous or harmful. And as parents, this is an obvious thing. Like, of course not, right? We would all say that. Of course not. Of course we would not do that. Of course we would not think that. We would not purposefully give our kids something that would bite and maim them when they wanted something good, right? To give them fear. We would not purposely instill fear and mistrust and that in them, right? We would not do that purposefully. However, however, the inverse of that is, what's God say? Or what's Jesus say here? He says, and you're wicked, you know to give good gifts to your children. You know to give something good. You're not going to do this. Give something good. I think our issue is, and I, and I mean this, and I, I think it's this way for parents and their children, for fatherhood and their children, but I think it's this way with our communities as we seek to, to try to father them. It's the truth with our neighbors. We do actively withhold good. We do. Whether we understand someone's asking for it or not, we withhold good. All of us have this person in our, in our workplace or our life who's like kind of, we, we know they need community, we know they need it, but they don't have it. And part of the reason is, you know, maybe they're lonely or new or they just, you know, they've been harmed by community in the past. Some of it may be because 
they're opposite of your personality and difficult to have lunch with. Or they're not the person you normally would think about to go buy a drink with because the communication would be so different and awkward and not the same as you and whatever else, right? There's many reasons for that. But instead of us offering the community to them readily and freely, we just withhold it. And yeah, we're not given snakes, maybe. Someone's asking for bread, we're giving the proverbial stone of silence. We're doing that. That sounded so cheesy, but that's what we're doing. In our community, we see that, that in this church community, we see that there needs to be maybe something spoken into someone's life. They need encouragement here. And we think that for, for 10 minutes here and we see them and we forget all week and we withhold good. We withhold good. And God says, you're even wicked and yet you don't want to withhold good, do you? And yet we do over and over and over and over and over. We withhold good. We don't give best to someone. We're, we're not ready to just, just give the bread, give the fish, right? We withhold good. And I think, again, translating that to God, God is saying here, I obviously don't want to withhold good from you. That's not the plan. The plan wasn't to just set you loose and have you figure it out and live about the world and stumble and bumble around and not be able to ask or when you ask for me to say, I don't know, what do you think? Figure it out. I hope the snake doesn't bite you. You know, I hope the stone is delicious, right? There's no ask. Seek. Find. Good. And so for us, number one, be people who freely give good, open-handed with your good, right? And the other, and we talked about this two weeks ago that I'm still dealing with and struggling with, and this one's specifically for, for parenting in my head, but not, it doesn't have to be for everyone, is this idea that if my giving my sons good isn't good for everyone, then I don't think it's good anymore. And I'm still trying to wrestle with that because that is so hard. It is so hard. Our sons are about to play, or they just had their first week of like going to, uh, oh man, I'm not even going to remember the name, soccer shots, playing soccer, right? It's super cute. I've never played soccer in my whole life, so I, I don't, I'm also like, I need to learn these things, you know? <laughs> I need to tip, tippy tap when I run with a soccer ball. Like, I don't know how to dribble, you know? I'm thinking dribble, and seriously, one of my sons picked it up and was like ready to basketball dribble, and I was like, yeah, I was like, that's not today though. Let's, that's better, that's better, but no, don't do it. We're doing soccer today, we're doing soccer today, yeah. So, so we're, we're going about, and they're doing tippy-tap through everything, you know. And it came up, uh, Asher asked, he's like, um, do, I get, do I need soccer cleats for soccer shots? I just don't want to go shopping for them right now. So I was like, no, no, you don't. You're fine. Your shoes are awesome. The shoes you picked out are way really good at running fast. And he's like, um, would I be faster in soccer cleats? And I was like, Pro- probably so. Just no, no, we're not doing it. Just wait, wait. I want you to actually like it. For, I want you to go to one practice before I get you cleats and you don't wear them. Or before you wear them in the house and stomp your brother. Whatever else you're going to do, just pump the brakes. Not today. We're not getting cleats, right? But during the whole thing, I, it made me kind of think about it. I was like, oh, man, maybe we should like, go online and get them some cleats. You know, like, let's get them really awesome stuff. As a dad, I'm like, I want them to have really cool stuff. I do. You know? When they, it was like the geekiest fun thing for me to let them pick the little New Balance shoes that match mine and then have them match and they like, we scrolled the thing, we picked them, we ordered them. They're probably too expensive for my sons. They've ruined them already, but it was fun. It was nice. They loved what they had. I wanted to give them something good, you know? And so I was thinking about these cleats 
And, and no joke, in my head, first of all, they don't need cleats, so it's fine. But as they're going to get older, if they want to do that, that stuff's real money. It's real stuff. It's, it matters to them. It's going to matter. And I'm going to want them to have the nicest thing, right? But the other kids there also are going to want nice things probably. I don't know if you've ever been the kid that has like the not coolest something. It's unfortunate. I remember it growing up. It stinks. And I know it doesn't matter. It's just things, right? It's just consuming. It's just this, it's that. It's whatever. Fine. We can say that all we want. But we want our kid to have the nicest thing. And it's not always because we just want our kid to have the best from us. It's because we want them to have the nicest thing. It's the truth about us. And it stinks, but it's true. It's true. And if you have the nicest thing, the reality is the other kids don't have the nicest thing. They have the less nice thing. And your kid wins and the other kids lose. They lose. In your head. Even if it's just to you, they lose. And so it's been this weird exercise for everything it feels like now after three weeks ago. This passage about (laughs) not showing partiality is haunting me. But like, Say we have $100 in our budget for cleats. Is it better for my son to have $99, the nicest cleats out of everyone? Or is it better for my son's well-being and life and soul and self to have $30 cleats and know that two of his friends have $30 cleats with him? Which is really better? Really? And do I have the fortitude as a father to give him really what's better? For the world. Because what's better in the kingdom of heaven is better for my son. It just is. And I can start teaching them that now, or I can just tell them it when it has no teeth because I've done the opposite my whole life. And it is haunting me. I'm serious. It is like with everything now, I'm just like, ah, geez, we went, I'm going to tell another story that's on me that we need to do different. As we went, we go shopping like on a Saturday, for groceries, to get groceries. And our sons are really into cereal right now, which is awesome, so am I. I love cereal so much. <laughs> and they like two kinds of cereal the best. Asher, I think he just likes it because I like it best, is Honey Bunches of Oats. I love Honey Bunches of Oats so much. I'm serious, so much. It is so delicious to me. I want it to be soggy. I want it to be amazing. All the crunchies, I want the biggest chunks, even for myself. If like my sons have one, they're not looking. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm about, I want to get that crunchy and put it in my bowl. It's so good to me. It is so delicious. And my sons, they line up all the crunchies, and they talk about how amazing they are. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. We have this dorky conversation about it. It's delicious. And then Tovin likes Captain Crunch, Peanut Butter Crunch, which has no nutritional value. I don't care if you judge me whatsoever. It is delicious. It is the best. It is so good. And I don't even care. I don't care a single bit of its nutrition. It is delicious. So those are our two cereals. They are not the cheapest cereals on the cereal aisle. They're not, I promise. Um, this family that Lily loves very much and that I, I still have not met, I'm by proxy trying to love them with Lily, called in there and just this bind and Lily had checked up on them and they called back and whatever and they're like, look, we just, just if we can have a stop, bat, a stop gap bit of groceries, that'd be fine. Just for just the rest of this weekend through the next week and we're good because... They've been working their tail off. She's picking up extra hours everywhere. All this stuff, right? So we go, and I'm going to go buy food for them. Do you know what cereal I got at the cereal aisle? And I'm so disappointed in myself, but the logic, I was able to let the logic twist itself. We got a big bag of cereal, 
a big bag of like what I thought was pretty good, right? And I did the whole thing in my head. I'm like, well, I want to get the most for the money of the cereal. But also in my head was, well, this, I'm telling you this to confess this. I know it's awful. Was, well, they don't need peanut butter crunch. It's more expensive. I can get more cereal for her, right? But mine do. And I just said in the cereal aisle, I swore at myself and was like, yeah, it's my kids. It's okay for them. Yeah, they deserve this. We can do this. These other kids, they're going to have this. From me, even. From the money God gave us. That's what I said. And I can trick myself all I want to say, no, that's a good gift. And y'all can, in your head, be arguing about that. Fine. And, and we can have a big talk and be like, no, that was best because it was better for the money and all that. Yeah, that's fine. But y'all, my heart was not there, though. My heart said, this is fine for them. It's fine for them. We've got to do better. I must do better. What's, if, if what's best for my sons isn't best for the kids around them, it's not best for my sons. It's not. I have to make my brain believe that because I still don't. My brain is behind. My heart is behind. If what's best for, for your wife isn't best for our community of wives, it's, it's just not best for her. Right? And it's... And I'm, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to make my brain believe that. But it is so very hard for me. It's so very difficult. We have to get there. We have to. Something has to change in us and click with us. That, that the way of the kingdom is just different than the way of us. That we're so ruined by selfishness and individualism, I still don't believe that telling you it. I'm like, maybe there's still some options of out. You know, like maybe sometimes it's okay, you know. And I don't know what to do with it. Um, so there's that. And then just last, lastly, just again this idea of letting Jesus' actions be what fathers are instead of the other way around. Jesus saying, I'm not going to give you a serpent if you ask for fish. Right? I'm not going to give you stones if you ask for bread. Also, though, I think it's beautiful that he doesn't say, I'll give you a fish every time you ask for a fish. I'll give you bread every time you ask for bread. Just like every time my sons ask for cupcakes, we don't go get them cupcakes. That'd be crazy. Right? That'd be poor fathering. So why then, when we pray for something, we're like, God, we really want this. We need this. This is where our life is going. Please give us this. And God doesn't give it. We're mad. And we think, Oh, that means you gave us a serpent. And God's like, no, I'm giving you a good gift. I'm giving you a better gift. Patience. I'm giving you something better. I'm giving you something beautiful and worthwhile. And I know that's simplistic, but we still don't believe it. And so we've stopped asking. And God's like, no, I'm I'm giving you good gifts at every turn. The gift I have in store is good. It's better than that. You don't want a cupcake? I have better. I mean, everyone wants a cupcake, but there's better. It's dinner. Wait for dessert for a cupcake. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's better coming. So keep asking. Ask more and more and more and more. 
and, and look for the good gift. Look for the Father saying, I have the best gift, and I want to give it. And again, I know that sounds simplistic to us, but I think we need to hear simplistic these days. As our church, I think we need to, to hear that. We need to hear that when we ask for a promotion and we don't receive it, I think we should ask, what good gift is coming? Or how is that a good gift, God? Please help me. Why don't you make me in tune with what you're giving? Put my life in tune with the gifts you are giving because maybe that promotion is a serpent. (laughs) That promotion may be the stone, you know? Maybe this, this raise we think we want, we, we will abuse, or we will go further into debt with, or we will do blank with, or we... So maybe the good gift is to learn what we have is good and to be able to use it well and to leverage it better. Or maybe, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this, and I'm, I'm trying with you to do that. And I want us together to do it. Does that make sense? So let's do this. Let's stand together, and we're going to pray through some of those things. And as we do, we're going to have communion. So today, as we have communion, I just want us to think about the gift that the body and the blood were, the bread and cup. This idea, whether you see it as Jesus' body and his blood as you take it, or if you see it as this symbol to help remind you, however, however God has asked you to see it and you are obediently seeing it as, I want us, as we take the bread and take the cup, remember, that was not the gift the disciples wanted. They wanted power. They wanted authority over the Romans. They wanted the temple. They wanted a kingdom on earth that they could imagine and they could put their mind wrapped around. They could see with their eyes. They wanted it and they wanted to taste it. And they believed it. Up until he was arrested, they believed that's what they were getting. They argued with him about it. They're like, Jesus, stop this nonsense. We're going to overthrow this thing. We are going to conquer. We are going to be the power that gets to decide the culture. We will be the power that decides the morals. We will be the power that does all these things. They thought they were going to be it. And Jesus said, no, the gift I have for you is my body and my blood. The gift I have for you is suffering and trial. The gift I have for you is joys and whispers. The gift I have for you is, is subverting the power with goodness and love. And he gave us a wonderful gift that we didn't ask for and that we didn't want. But that's what the body and the blood are. The body and the blood are subversive, beautiful gifts. They're humble gifts. They're gifts in loss, Right? They're gifts that don't look like winning. (laughs) And so as we take it, I want us to remember those kind of gifts. And I want us to remember that God did not withhold. As we seek to give gifts that God and Jesus, they they said, no, we're not going to withhold. We'll give our entire self to you. And that we would do that for our communities. We would do that for our children. We would do that for our culture. And so I just want us to remember that as we take and dip in the cup. So let's, let's have communion together.